1: Chiefs Kingdom, welcome back to one-on-one, a KC Sports Network podcast. I am your co-host, Mike DeVito, here with nine-year NFL veteran and Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champion Jeff Allen. We are bringing you all things Chiefs football from a player's perspective, and I know as a former player coming off a loss like this, it is not a very good perspective. You are hurting, these guys are hurting, but I know they're itching to get back at it. We'll talk about all that. But before we get into it, Big Jeff, Cookie Society, our sponsor, we're two days away from October Talk to me, brother. What do we got coming up on the horizon?
2: Listen, fall is here. It's officially hoodie mm. and cookie weather. Pumpkin spice. <laughs> yeah, we got we got pumpkin doodle, which mm. is a combination of snickerdoodle and pumpkin combined. We have peanut butter cup. We have Twix, and we have um, I'm missing one. Uh, maple pop tart. Wow. Amazing. Um, also, this is gonna release today. Today. We have a free shipping code, free ship. So oh, I saw that. Use, promo, right. code, use promo code, free ship. It expires tomorrow at midnight for free Ooh, shipping. Ooh, we gotta nationwide. get slide. Um, get yourself some cookies.
1: Oh, get it. I'm saving this one.
2: Yeah, uh, banana stuff. pudding.
1: It's amazing. It's just, this is this is two and a half weeks. These things are still fresh, like fresh, like the first day you cook them. I can't believe how fresh they stay. Yeah. Check them out, cookiesight.com. All right, big Jeff. Not what we expected, brother. Not, what no, we expected. not Tough loss. A lot has been recapped. Check out all of the KCSN um, uh, content. We've had great, great people covering that game. It's amazing how smart our analysts are here. Smarter than I am. Uh, so please go check that out. Let me just toss some things at you, Big Jeff. Tell me what you what you think. These are this. This is the stuff that's on everybody's mind. Be uh, enemy in Mahomes. Is it even is it an issue at all? No, it's not an
2: issue at all. all. I mean, this isn't the first and this is not the last time that you're going to see this from EB or any coach um, where a player and them get into a spat. It's a part of being competitive. Um, There are some coaches out there that do that, that aren't, um, I guess, it's it's not constructive. When EB does it, it's constructive and and you get something out of it. So um, it's not a big deal.
1: So for comparison, when I was with the Jets, I had a coach – how much detail should I give? I'm not going to give a lot of detail, but I had a coach, um, that coached a certain area of the team. And, um, this area was really important for, to me, getting stuff done. Uh, I mean, this was really, really important. And we had this coach come in, he had a different philosophy about how we should do this certain thing. And, uh, I disagreed with him and I went and talked to him and said, look, um, I don't agree with you. I think we should do this, you know, this way. I think, you know, I, this is really important for my game and I need to do it this way. And he, you know, and I was a six year player at the time. I mean, I was a veteran guy and he basically said, no, we're going to do it my way. And at that point, I, you know, I said, uh, okay, well to hell, to hell with you then uh, I'm going to do it this way. Cause unless you're going to cut me a check on Sunday when I don't make this team, uh, if you say that, then I'll do it your way. But other than that, I have to do the specific thing this way and I don't give a shit what you say. <laughs> and uh, that, that was bad. And if you, what you could tell from that relationship, if you want to see relationship between a player and a coach that isn't good, there was no communication after that. Exactly. Right. We did not talk. There was no arguments. Was no, I just avoided him. He avoided me. We weren't going to, there was no sort of reconciling. That's when things are talking. When guys are toxic, when things, when guys aren't talking, when guys aren't having those heated disagreements, that means it's just apathy. You're like, "Well, I'm it's, I'm doing it, and I
2: don't care what you it, say." I mean, it's family. I mean, you have right. you know things with family sometimes, and you know, the only difference is there's cameras all around, and right. and there's things that you don't catch on camera that are during practice, that are during right. training camp, and it gets heated. I mean, we've all as professionals and as grown men have had you know some yelling at the where, coaches, some instances with yeah. the coach because we're all grown men. We all have right. families. We're all we're all trying to win. And and at the end of the day, that happens, and it's a and there's
1: nothing it. more emotional than when you're coming off the field, like, yeah. especially if something didn't happen the way you want it to happen. You're come I mean, we saw it with New York. Quinn Williams in New York was
2: him and his D-linemen. Exactly. to get into it. it Getting into it. I mean, and it's not going to be the last time. So people are making no. a really big deal out of it. And, and I sometimes I feel like I don't know the media. They, they want to make EB a scapegoat. And I tweeted, "Make up your mind." You know, right. the, the deal was he wasn't calling plays at first. And then now when it's not going well, now he's calling plays. Yeah, isn't
1: that how it works? At,
2: at, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. We just got to get the job done. We weren't very efficient running the ball. It was, it was really bad. Um, missed some opportunities up front. Um, then protect as well as we should have. And special teams were a mess. The silver lining is the spy that's given up the game when you touchdown. Our defense played phenomenal, and they did a right. lot of good things. And And we're going to be okay.
1: And before we move on to that point, another thing I wanted to bring up, too, and some people have highlighted this, but I think it's important. EB is a former player. Yeah. And so he's in a coach's role, but he's a former player. And being a former player, he has that player mindset. So I guarantee you, unlike somebody, a coach who could be a really good coach but has never played in the game, EB feels the same sort of passion and excitement and love And uh, is going to experience the same highs and lows as the players are because he's been there. He knows he's like during a game. He knows what the ups and downs feels like. And we respect that.
2: We respect that way more from a guy that did it rather than a guy who's never done it and has that same energy. Exactly. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. Shut up.
1: Exactly. And but and I'm saying that to say that's the motivation behind his energy. That's why he is so fiery. Is because he's one of us. He's one of us. And he's he's feeling the game just like we are. And it's I would imagine it's it's different than. A normal coach who's never been out on that field. So put that all in perspective. The, the, I, I, I totally agree with you. It's it's just not something to worry about. Again, I'd be worried if they were just ignoring each other and you know walking off the field, not interacting at all. That's more of a problem than you yeah. know some back and forth because you're heated. Now back to your point, Jeff, the offensive line. This is another thing that people have brought up all week. Are you worried at all about where the offensive line is at?
2: Well, I'm not, just from the sense that historically, just the early in the year, every offensive line struggles a bit. Right. Just because of the lack of training camp practices with pads, you alluded to that, and you, and you talk about that. You, you're not able to do your job um, well. You, it takes a while to mesh. Um, but there are some, some concerns dealing with the competition that we have. I mean, right. the Bucks have one of the best, if not the best, front seven in the league. So it's going to be another test. Um, the coach were a really good front seven. He had a good D lineman and we didn't do a really good job. So I think we need to come out ready to go and, and give Patrick some time and the ability to step up and he's not having to run around and, and, and receivers need to make plays. It's a collective group effort. I don't want to just put it on the offensive line. Right. Offensively, right. everyone could have done a better job, um, but it's not as bad as it looked.
1: Let me, let me ask you this. This is more of a broad general point, my sort of observation, and I could be totally wrong. This could just be my bias being an old head. Um, I feel like when you look at the, the current state of the NFL and the, the talent that's out there, mm-hmm. the players are bigger, they're faster, they're stronger, they're more explosive. The talent is better than when I was started in 2007. Um, what, do, what seemed to me to go downhill is the quality of football. Meaning, and I think this is what's playing into the consistency problems because we talk. you talk about the parity across the league. I think one of the reasons for all the parity is because teams just aren't consistent, and they're not consistently playing technically sound football. And it doesn't matter how big, fast, strong you are. If you're not playing technically sound, the team that is is usually going to win. And this goes to the point you just said where it's hard – to to get to the place that we were prior to these new, you know, these new CBAs that have changed the rules, because you can't practice that much. Yeah. So it's it's not surprising when you watch the game that the technical aspect of the game has fallen off, because when you can only practice in ten you know ten padded practices in training camp and seven during the regular season, uh, especially for the guys up front, it's hard to stay consistent because you just don't have that much opportunity to practice it, and so. I, would do you agree? Like, I feel like when I watch these games, and again, it could just be my own bias, but I feel like I look at the players and I'm like, damn, I could never play in this NFL. <laughs> they're just bigger, faster. I could never do it. At the same time, I'm like, man, this is shitty football. Yeah. It, and it's not just the Chiefs. Uh, what we're talking Not. I mean, it's very rarely is it the Chiefs. We talk about the offensive line having an off day, but it's just across the league. Yeah. We see bad teams beating good teams because of lacking consistency. And I wonder if it's just because, the game isn't played at a technical level like it used to be. I mean, yeah,
2: and and the the position that was affected the most is the offensive line, big time. That's that, great the point. offensive line is the position universally that's been affected the most by the lack of practices and the lack of being able to get those reps. And, and we see it especially early on in the year. We see teams that came into the season with quote unquote on paper good offensive lines and, and rated highly not doing so well i mean andy on the other side they have one of the best and they looked really shitty too (laughs) so and it it is not because they're bad it has nothing to do with that Individually, these guys are really good players it just takes a little bit of time i mean it could be a group thing it could be an individual thing but it does take time to knock their rust off and get going and i think they'll they'll figure it out i mean it's a long season um we're still a really good football team and i'm not worried about any of those guys they are they're dogs
1: no doubt, no doubt, and and my my criticism wasn't against that. I, I really, I do believe. I mean, if I'm taking yeah. any offensive line in this NFL, it's the Chiefs. You're going to have an off day. Yeah, I've definitely. just seen it more and more across the board. Yeah, good units having off days, and I remember you know thinking back from 2012 on. If you look at personally my play, first eight to nine weeks playing great. Soon as those pads come off during the week, it yeah, just yeah. I make. I, I still remember stupid mistakes: standing straight up, giving guys my chest, not playing, not keep my head down, not get my hands inside. All the things that when you work with pads, they you have to do. But when you're working with spiders and just helmets, you you don't have to. In fact, if you do the technically sound things with spiders and helmets on in practice, for for those people out there who haven't been in, you know, know how NFL practices work. You're really an asshole if you're firing off the of football and driving guys back. Yeah, you just have spiders on. You don't you're want to be jerk. that guy. Yeah, you, yeah you don't want to be that guy. So um, it's it's tough. I mean, and I it's wonder, a,
2: it's the reason why the league's a passing league now, though. I mean, the quarterbacks have that, well, obviously, obviously gotten better just because of, I mean, now kids are starting from the age of five with quarterback right. coaches and skill wise, guys are just better and they're ready to play early. But when the offensive line is not able to, physically do anything in practice the only thing you can really do is pass the ball we don't have pads on so we get really good at pass blocking in theory but but pass blocking isn't passive And, and sometimes it gets lost that you can be physical in pass blocking and that's really important especially in the interior of the pocket with being physical and we got three of the most physical guys in the league they just gotta they just gotta do it and then on the edge those tackles just can't get beat right away Right. You know, run those right. guys up the field, give Patrick a, a nice firm pocket so he can step up and make those throws and, and we'll be OK. And, and that's why the run game looks crappy right now. Yeah. I mean, that's why we don't have the right fits as an offensive line. Sometimes that's why maybe the running backs can't find the hole because this is their first time really going full speed. Right. And, and, and seeing these looks and these holes are opening up and they're missing them. So we just got to we all collectively we got to just get used to it.
1: And you brought that point up way back when we started, how it, you know, even the first few games of the season coming, you know, training camp in the first few games, it takes time for the offensive line to gel. And I, and I can totally confirm that it's very rare that I played a team week one, week two, week three, where their offensive line was, you know, just everything. on. I mean, if you had a veteran group, like the Patriots every year, you had the same five guys for whatever, however long, maybe you get that, but you got to take advantage of the defensive line. You know, you got to take advantage of the guys early in the season. The only
2: offensive line right now that's come out and look mid season form is the Cleveland Browns. And what do they do? They run the ball. So what do they do in practice, they probably are physical as hell and every <laughs> yeah. chance that they get, they're running the ball in practice. And that's what they're right. going to their head on. So. Right. Um, All right. Oh, I'm sorry, Jeff. You I, go, you I, go I ahead. Let's get to the next one. You know, yeah, I'm passionate well, about that, man. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, no, well, no, I agree with you. And, uh, I think I think you're totally right. And I just bring these things up. I'm bringing these things up not because I think they're actually a problem. I think they're what everybody on the outside seems to be pinpointing as a problem. And I think it's important for us to say not not really a big deal. Not worried about the offensive line. Not worried about the enemy.
3: Hey, sorry to interrupt this podcast, but I've got to tell you about our friends at Liquid Death. You may start noticing that there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local store. Well, fear not, it's not actually beer. It really is mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. Uh, No, Liquid Death. Why is it called Liquid Death, you're asking me? Uh, well, it's because it'll brutally murder your thirst. That's what it says here on my sheet. And their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping bring death to plastic bottles. Something that you just absolutely love to see. They also donate 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Love to see that as well. So, this is what you got to do you got to go to Liquid Death and find it at your local Woodman's, 7 Eleven Roundies, or Hy-V. I go to the Hy-V gas by my house here, I see it everywhere. Good stuff. It's in sparkling water. It's in just regular water. You can find it anywhere. At, at High V specifically is, is where I get it. Or you can go to Liquid Death and find a retailer uh, using their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. That's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN.
1: Um, how about this? The stuff of Chris Jones talking to Matt Ryan at the end that basically won. I mean, that's why Indy won the game was yeah. because of that. I'll, I'll go with this because it's uh, being on the defensive side of the ball. I can't imagine what he said.
2: No, I can't okay. imagine.
1: But what I've heard on that field, in front of refs, in front of everybody right during the middle of the play, would most people would probably get arrested if they said it out in real life. And and I'm not saying this is a tough guy thing or anything like that, but I just think that's the beautiful part of the game. The one <laughs> thing I loved about Sunday – Was you get out there and the rules outside of the football, you know, the the X's and O's rules, all the sort of other stuff was out the window. You could be as savage and animal as you want out there. And that's what makes this game Like, I loved it. I used to love it. I remember one time in Minnesota, we were playing the Vikings and we were talking to them. Before the game, we're ready to fight with them at, you know, halftime, all the stuff, or um, uh, before the before the game started. So, like, during warm-ups, we're barking at each other, 50-yard line. I remember just before we get the, you know, belt for the, the first uh, the first play of the game, our defense is talking to their offense, and you've got Adrian Peterson and all those guys over there yelling at us, and we're yelling at them, and cussing each other out. It's just as bad as it can get. And then everybody comes up, and boom, here we go. And now we're bringing them. It's just like... That, that's just, that's football. That That is football. Is. That's So it's just like, not only can you complain that, listen, you're going to throw this call at this pivotal moment. I mean, what it, what could he have said?
2: What There's could no, he have said? I have no clue what he could have said. I mean, I think that's ridiculous that the ref would throw a flag in a, in a critical situation like that. And I guarantee you, Matt Ryan, whatever the hell he said, Matt Ryan wasn't offended. No, he wasn't. He wasn't offended. And it, it's just. I think it's ludicrous that um, the refs can dictate the game based off of words. Um, it's not something where you harm this guy physically. He's talking about abusive wow. language. This is a grown man playing a savage That's sport. Right. This should be but nothing. Those words aren't going to hurt him. What's going to hurt him is is Chris Jones power driving him into the ground. That's, exactly That's what's right. going to hurt. That's, That's what's right. going to hurt him. Not 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 words. So I mean, it shouldn't even be a rule. Obviously, we don't know what he said. Um, I've dealt with a situation like this before. I mean, we were playing um, the Lions in in London. And um, I got a flag right before half. The, the DN hit Alex late, and mm. I had some words for him right in front of the ref, and he, he threw a flag. and And I turned toward the ref and I said, "You can't fucking do that. Like, you just can't. Like this. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to him. Like right. I'm like this. I'm not talking. Yeah. This. To you. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Please. I like know. You can't, right. you can't do that. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to him. And, and what I'm saying to him is the honest truth. So it is what it is. <laughs> <It's so frustrating. laughs>
1: I saw that. I was like, could not believe because the flag came out, and you're thinking, what could that possibly be for? And they're like, for personal foul, or whatever. I was. You like, just oh. use, you
2: gotta use your brain in that situation. Even if it was something that you would throw a flag early in the game, yeah, you gotta look at the situation. It's third and long. The defense gets a stop. The game's on the line. You don't decide the game with that, man. That's right. just bull crap, and I don't right. care what the situation is.
1: Again, and thinking of the things that I've heard said in front of refs, done in front of refs. That in the past that have never gotten touched on. I, it just again, depends.
2: It depends on the ref. I mean, it depends yeah. on the guy. I feel like majority of the refs that are in the game understand what's going on out there, and that's not right. going to be a big deal.
1: Killer. I would hate to be that guy. I would be like, yeah, the the, the Chiefs lost because I called a a, a penalty. Well, the I'm, I'm sure. Something. I'm sure
2: he got some crap for that from this from this um no doubt his fellow pierce. So
1: yeah, I would imagine he won't do that again. All right, brother. Um. That's the game. Nothing to worry about. I'm really not Nothing. worried. Here's the key. And we're moving on now. And we have a big game this week with Tampa Bay in Tampa. I believe it's a Sunday night game. Am yeah. I correct on that, Je-
2: I believe that. Yeah, the- it, it might sorry. be in, it might be in Tampa. You're correct, but it's a Sunday yes. night game. We'll it's see Sunday we'll night care. game and, in Tampa. We're, and we're praying for everyone in Florida right now. Um hopefully yes. everyone yes. gets out of there safe. And if you are there that um you're you're covered. So Yes, we are playing.
1: Best. Yes, no doubt. Good call, Jeff. Did they have they so have they changed our game around at all?
2: No, they are they're talking about it. Um I think a decision will be made today. Um okay either um more likely Minnesota, but either they are or New Orleans because they're playing out of the country, I believe. I'm not sure.
1: Okay, got it. Okay, interesting. Well, those well that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But obviously a Tom Brady run team. I mean, this is going to be another tough test. How do we bounce back and I've been on teams that have had these losses against teams that were not good and uh, it can go one of two ways and it depends on the leadership uh, and not just the coaches, but the guys in the locker room. Uh, With a lot of young guys, the leaders have to step up now because, again, it can go one of two ways. This could be fuel to the fire and now you're going to get out there and this team's going to pay for what happened last week. Tampa Bay is going to pay for what happened last week. Um, That's what you're hoping for and I've been a part of those games where you can't wait to get out of the locker room because you've got to right the wrong that happened the Sunday before. Um, Or guys do not bounce back with that vigor, that attitude, that fieriness, and it becomes a sort of um, the momentum train starts going backwards. And now you have a bad play, you have a tough play in the game, something, oh, here we go again. You know, and that that losing mentality kicks in. I don't even know of a good word to put it, Jeff, but I'm sure you've experienced before. We're just like, up. Oh, oh no, here, here we, we go. go. We're going go to Yeah, here we go. Yep. So this is this is the, one of those weeks, and Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong, where the leadership in the locker room, Mahomes, Kels, Jones, the older guys, you have to get the younger guys' heads right on track. Get everybody in the right spot. It can't just come from Andy Reid and those guys. Those those are leaders in the room. They say, hey. It's time to make Tampa pay for what happened. And uh and, and I, I know we have the guys that do, yeah. that'll that'll get that done. But do you, do you see that the same way?
2: I see it the exact same way. And it's up to the leaders and it's a, it's just a championship mindset. And I think the guys in that locker room have that coming off a loss. Um the only tough part is Tampa has that too, and they're coming yeah. off a loss. So mm. it's gonna be a collision. It's gonna be guys out there that are ultra competitive wanting to get a lick back. Mm-hmm. Um, and wanting to, to get back on the right track. So I expect this to be a battle. I don't expect this game to be decided in the first half. It's going to be probably one possession game, yeah. decided late. Um, maybe whoever has the ball last wins it, that type of game. Um, and it's going to be extremely physical. So I'm expecting for these guys to come out ready to go. I, I know we're going to win this game. I don't think we're going to beat the Bucs.
1: Mm, I love it. You said it. You know what? I've had some other points. I'm going to stop it right there because that that's it. We're going to beat the Bucks, baby. Chiefs Kingdom, thank you so much for tuning in. Quick one today. We're going to recap next week after this win and uh, have a much more uh, positive discussion on our hands. But Big Jeff, love you, brother. Thank you you, everybody. Chiefs Kingdom for tuning in. We'll see you again next week.
2: Go Chiefs. Beat the Bucks.